Welcome to the Emirates MBD Market Matters podcast. My name is Katija Huck. I'm the Chief Economist and Head of Research at Emirates MBD. I'll be hosting this week's episode and I'm joined by Edward Bell, Senior Director for Market Economics. Hi, Ed. Hi, good morning. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the key economic data released over the last week, including the UAE's 2020 GDP data and the latest PMI survey, as well as the surprising U.S. employment data released over the weekend and what it might mean for markets and interest rates going forward. I'm going to start with the UAE. So last week, the Ministry of Economy provided some preliminary estimates for 2020 GDP, showing the non-oil sectors contracted by 6.2% last year. That's quite a lot better than our forecast of 6.7% decline. Um, Unsurprisingly, the largest or the hardest hit sectors rather were transport and hospitality. Given the border closures in Q2 and the disruptions to global trade, that's really not surprising at all. Transport and logistics contracted by around 15.5%, while hotels and restaurants GDP could decline by almost 24% on 2019. Wholesale retail trade was also negatively affected by the lockdown and the impact of salary cuts and job losses on consumer spending. But it was not all bad news. The manufacturing sector posted slight growth, and the government's recently announced industrial development strategy suggests that this sector is probably going to be an important driver of GDP going forward. In terms of what we're seeing uh, on on a turnaround, we have already started to see a rebound in the volume of global growth as consumers in major economies boost their spending. And this should support a rebound in the UAE's transport and logistics sector in 2021. With many travel restrictions still in place, international tourism is likely to be one of the slowest to recover from the pandemic. But here too, we we expect some improvement in the second half of this year as vaccines are rolled out globally and travel restrictions continue to be eased. Last week, we also saw the April PMI surveys for the GCC countries. Overall, the UAE's PMI surveys this year have pointed to improving business activity in the private sector albeit at a fairly modest pace. This is not yet translating into job growth across the board, however, as firms are still uncertain about the speed of the recovery and quite cost-conscious. Higher commodity prices and shipping costs, something which is affecting businesses around the world, are also evident in our region, and it's putting pressure on already squeezed margins. Firms are probably quite a lot more cautious about hiring decisions than they would be otherwise. Okay, let's turn to the global markets now and talk about the shockingly low U.S. employment figures released on Friday. Just 266,000 new jobs were added in the United States in April against market expectations of 1 million new jobs. The March number was revised lower as well. We know that the U.S. services sector was opening up in April. So why was the jobs number so low, Ed? Yeah, I think the April number really came as a shock to markets and it's and one of the biggest data misses that we've seen in recent years, we saw a pretty much immediate reaction in U.S. markets where the 10-year treasuries rallied and yields fell to almost 1.45% compared with about 1.6% ahead of the data. And we also saw the dollar getting offered pretty much across the board. 
Now, while the number for April was surprisingly low, it's important to stress that one month doesn't make a trend and we are still very much in the middle of a recovery from a highly compressed business cycle with a recession caused by the COVID-19 pandemic being quickly worn away. Let's not forget that the U.S. economy had a very strong uh, growth of 6.4% in Q1 on an annualized basis. And as you said, the higher frequency data for April still points to very robust growth in services and manufacturing. So then what explains that big disappointment in the April job numbers? Part of it does seem to be down to a shift in the kind of nature of the economic recovery, where we saw workers at temporary health agencies and in warehouses actually lose jobs in April, as more and more Americans have come back into the labor force in more stable employment, and the kind of binge of online shopping that we saw in 2020 may start to be ebbing away as more restrictions are being removed, and consumers can go out and, so to speak, hit the pavement and get into the kind of bricks and mortar shops. It's worth pulling out from the data that uh, employment in most leisure and recreation sectors also went up last month. Some sectors are also suffering from uh, some of those global supply chain issues that you mentioned, particularly related to a shortage of chips and microprocessors. So that's fed into relative underperformance, for instance, in car manufacturing. We also had a little bit of surprising numbers coming out from the wages component of the employment data, where non, uh, pardon me, where average hourly earnings actually rose 0.7% after a decline of 0.1% in March. We've been watching this indicator and expecting that wage growth was actually going to come in at a relatively low or slower trajectory as more and more lower income workers came back into the labor force and would bring down hourly wages. But so far, we didn't see that for April. So that's quite interesting. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, we've seen some comments in the press um, in, in some quarters that the extended unemployment benefits that were announced in March with the big um, fiscal support package that was approved, that those might actually be discouraging people from going back to work. Um, we did, though, see the, uh, the labour force participation rate pick up slightly. So is there any evidence to support the view that people are not going back to work because they're getting such great unemployment benefits? Well, it's hard to pick out a motivation for why somebody would be coming back in or out of the labor force just from the data, uh, as you say. But as you noted, some of the broader trends, I think, from the NFP were a bit more mixed. So the labor force participation rate did tick up to 61.7 in April from 61.5 in March. And that also contributed to a higher headline unemployment rate, going up to 6.1% from 6% previously. So really not very big move, but a little bit higher. Some of the other underlying data, though, that's in the labor market report shows that the kind of challenges in the labor market recovery still remain very much entrenched. So yes, we had that higher participation rate uh, on the headline number, but that was largely down to more men coming back into the labor market. The female participation rate was stable at about 56.1. Likewise, uh, participation rates for minority communities were more mixed in April with some losing and some gaining, but they overall still remain well below their pre-pandemic kind of levels. As you say, there's been some kind of partisan pushback about the level of unemployment benefits that might be keeping people out of the labor market, and that's contributing to this sort of shortage of workers that employers don't have access to to be able to hire, particularly at the lower income levels. But if you take that logic going forward, that should serve as a booster for the administration's next kind of stimulus plan, which is largely going to focus on infrastructure, which is going to need to suck in a lot of uh, labor and in capital inputs on a more sustained basis. 
piece and a two and a quarter trillion dollars being spread out over many years that could draw in a lot more into the labor force. So how should we be interpreting this data going forward? <clears throat> Is this a sign of a weaker recovery than the other numbers uh, that we've seen suggest? Or is employment just a lagging indicator and something that will catch up over time? And also, what does this mean for interest rates? How did the market actually respond to this very weak uh, jobs number? Yeah, so first off, I'd, I'd still want to reiterate that it's just been one month of kind of disappointing data so far. And in a normal economic expansion, uh, jobs growth of over 250,000 would be seen as a pretty strong print. So. And it's also worth bearing in mind that as we go forward, the data could be revised higher or lower. So we look at the market, we digest it, or look at the data and we digest it as we have at the moment. It's a little bit disappointing, but I think it's hard for us. It would be a little bit uh, irresponsible to try and extrapolate a trend just from the single data point. I think though, when we look at some of the underlying data, which has kind of gone on with the trend over the last couple of months, though, it does firm up the Federal Reserve's view that the economy still has a long way to go before it gets back to full recovery. And that any talk of, in the first instance, uh, say tapering asset purchases, is going to be highly premature and that rate hikes are still going to be some way off in the future. Uh, as, as you noted, markets were responded quite negatively to the, the data print. So we had yields come substantially lower, the dollar being sold across most major peers. And we've actually had an adjustment from um, interest rate futures where markets are actually pushing back their expectations to around middle of 2023 for an interest rate hike to start, which is closer to where the Fed itself has been pitching them. Now, that in a way gives a little bit of breathing room to the economies here in the GCC as they're not going to be having to import uh, monetary policy at a higher level that's going to be largely out of sync with their own domestic economic trajectories. Well, I mean, lower interest rates certainly would help uh, recovery here in the UAE, given that we take our interest rates from uh, the Federal Reserve. Uh, the fact that the UAE's uh, recovery thus far has been relatively modest compared to the rebounds that we've seen in the United States and some of the other developed markets. I think the fact that interest rates are going to remain low for, for longer um, is, is hopefully uh, going to support a broader recovery in the UAE and the rest of the GCC as well. Um, so that's it for this week. And thank you very much for listening. And we look forward to providing more of these um, podcasts and insights uh, as we go forward. Thanks.